0: And welcome to Camis Supporters Club. I'm Chris Kamara and this is my podcast. In each episode, I'm inviting some familiar faces to chat about the football team they love and the music that they've listened to along the way. In each episode, my guests will bring five tracks from their own record collections that remind them of the club they follow and their lives as football fans. It's time to welcome another new member into Cammie's Supporters Club, the multi-talented and delightful Chelsea Grimes. She's a singer, a songwriter, a current footballer with Tramia Rovers, who can also list Everton, Spurs, Fulham, and her beloved Liverpool as her former clubs. Hi, Chelsea!
1: How are you? What an intro. Absolutely love that. <laughs> what a CV, by the way. <laughs> so good to see you, Chris, honestly. Like, I mean, I've watched you growing up everywhere, so all my mates are very jealous that I'm talking to you today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How do you find time to do all those things?
1: A lot of power napping literally a lot of a lot of little hours here and hour there um yeah honestly you know what when I think about like where I'm up to now when I was you know a 10 year old all I wanted to be was a footballer and somehow I've managed to make a few songs along the way and now I'm doing tv shows and radio shows and it's just mad but you know I'm, I'm enjoying it and I'm just enjoying the ride this whole crazy thing called life you know what I mean I'm just having a good time and doing taking where life takes me really
0: Brilliant. Well, you're still playing despite your glamorous career. What position do you play?
1: At the minute, we've changed formation, four-three-three. so I play on the left, cut in, on my right, you know what I mean? One of them, um, Mane. I watch a lot of him at the minute, but yeah, oh, my favourite, preferred position is just behind the striker though. little in the hole, but yeah, I'm on the left at the minute.
0: Right, and tell us about your team, Tramir.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's one of them. We're having a good run um, pre-season at the minute now. So, you know, in pre-season now, well, pre-pre-season really, we had a friendly yesterday. Um, we won 5-0, scored two. I scored two the game before as well and I picked up a bit of an injury. So I've been out having a bit of a limp at the minute, but it's just amazing to still be playing, you know what I mean? It's Like I said, it's all I wanted to do. And for me personally, it's something that just takes me away from all of the entertainment world that I do, you know, I walk on the pitch and the end, all I need to do is get the ball in the net or we win and it just takes me away for 90 minutes and honestly, it's, it's the best stress relief I have um, and I just love it. I love it. So I'm trying to play for as long as I can.
0: What's it like for your teammates and the opposition when they see a superstar like you lining up?
1: I think, the opposition go for me a lot more. I think <laughs> I'm the most foul player in the league at the minute. But, you know, it, it's it's one of them. You know, at the end, there's, there's always someone on the opposition usually who's saying, oh, I heard you on the radio last night or, you know, I seen you on the TV. And it's nice, you know, but... My teammates, they just rip me, you know, if I if I miss it. They're like, oh, where have you been to LA if I miss a session or whatever. But yeah, listen, it's it's one of them. Like I don't get treated any differently and I make that apparent whatever club I go just because I might be, you know, having to skip a training session now and again to go and work with Dua Lipa or whatever. Treat me the same and, and I do get treated exactly the same. If I don't play well, I get pulled off and if I miss training and I don't start. So yeah, it's it's just good and it just keeps me very grounded.
0: Oh, Brilliant. You played in Soccer Aid last year. How was that?
1: Oh, Chris, honestly, you know, for me, I've watched that since I was a kid and, you know, there was no females ever playing. So, to be honest, I never thought I'd ever play and I've went there before as a fan with a friend. I went to Old Trafford, I think, like 2017, maybe. Just, you know, imagining, imagine one day if I could play on there and then the year before I played... They had in England female internationals play, but still no one from entertainment. Which, granted, I don't think, you know, Holly Willoughby or (laughs) someone like that's going to want to go and play soccer. But, you know, I was the first woman to be asked who'd never played for England, so who's kind of come from entertainment to play and. You know, I still remember I had a one-on-one with David James. The ball got slipped through. I think Leanne Sanderson slipped me in and I was—I got in between John Terry and Wes Brown and David James is in goal. And I was just like, what is life?
0: One half of Liverpool is red and the other half is blue. How come you ended up on the red side?
1: it's the way you're born Chris literally it's in your blood you I think um I don't know what had, what would happen if a sense of support Everton. ever and I did play for them for one season and for the first few times my mum would make me leave the kit on the step <laughs> <laughs> she was like you're not coming in with that on so um, so yeah it's just it's it's in your blood your club I think you know if you're a blue I'm sorry. <laughs> and if you'd have read, it's the way it is. So, yeah.
0: Can you remember the first game you watched?
1: The first, I can't remember the first game I watched, but, I mean, it was just always on. I remember, like, Carl and Cup finals and, you know, Michael Owen in the in the yellow, like, mustardy call and kit and all that. That's when I really started to watch it. You know, Emil Heskey. And then going into, like, when we had Harry Kuehl and all those days. Like, that was, like, my era. But... The first game I remember going to and like having the most roller coaster of emotion and like crying by the end of it and all that was um, the Olympiarkos game when we needed to score like three and Cinema Pongal scored, Neil Mellor, and then Stephen Gerrard scored like the screamer at the end to go through. And that's 2005 when we went on to win it. I remember being there, my uncle drove drove us up in his work van, and that he used to take me to the games. And I, that's, I just remember just being like, oh my God, what just happened? And just like waking up the next day and checking it was real and all that. Like I'd, I'd never felt that before. So yeah, that was, that was a, a powerful moment for me, that game.
0: Did you ever think then you might go on to actually play football professionally or go down the road you've done with the music?
1: Not at all. You know, it's it's crazy. Cause I done a I done a shoot with a brand New Balance like last year, and it was with Klopp. And oh, um, brilliant. I was just it was just mad. I thought I took me uncle who, who used to take me the games. I said, "Come on, you can come down." And uh, we are still in the middle of Anfield, and then I'm I'm shooting in the dressing rooms and. And then Klopp walks out and I was just like, this is mad because I remember being exactly in that seat and I could pinpoint where we were sat, you know, years ago. And I just would never think I was here now. And Jürgen's just going to me, oh, I love this song you've done. I've loved this. And it's mad because, you know, if I didn't do the music and then I didn't go back to the football because I left football when I was like 17. I played from the age of nine right up to 17 and there was no money in it at all back then or you needed a second job and unfortunately my, or well, fortunately my job, my other job was music and I got a record deal pretty quick and I couldn't do both and you know I'd done music for 18 months and I got loads of money dead <laughs> quick and I was like well this is great, I didn't make a penny playing football, getting battered you know for, for many years so I left, I left football completely and then I just missed it by the time I was like 22, I literally just missed it so much I wanted to just you know, get back into Sunday League maybe, but I had a trial at Tottenham, West Ham, um, Wimbledon, and Fulham, I think, and then I ended up signing for Spurs. Um, technically, I still, I still was there, but fit like fitness wise, I'd lost it a bit, but that was fine. And it was just mad because then all these jobs st- started coming for me because I had this football music tie, and it, it's just mad because yeah, I guess I'm, what I'm trying to say is, if I did just turn me back on football completely, all the rest of this wouldn't have happened. So. I pulled away from it, but again, everyone says which did come first, football or music, but it was definitely football, which led into music, which has kind of gone back to football now, so it's just wild. But no, to answer your question, if I was there, 2005, you know, sat sat there watching Steven Gerrard score that absolute world, he just, I would not have thought that, you know what, in about 10 years' time, I'll be on that pitch with the current manager, just Having a chat with him, like now.
0: Oh, brilliant! Right, we ask all our famous fans to think of five songs they most associate with supporting their team over the years, and I have to say, Chelsea, I am bowled over by your first track. It's fantastic. Before we play the aptly named Liverpool by the unbelievable Chelsea Grimes, <laughs> give us the lowdown on how this song is one of the songs on the soundtrack of the feature-length documentary The End of the Storm, which is all about Liverpool's Premier League victory.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Honestly, Chris wrote that song about three years ago, maybe. Didn't think anyone would hear it, you know, I write a lot about relationships or I write, you know, a lot of pop music for other people. And I I go in a session and I say, okay, what's going on with your life? What do you want to write about? And this day I I went in and I was just so homesick. You know, I'd I'd moved to London. I think I'd been there like three, four years by that point. And I'd had a weekend at home. I went back in. I said, you know what? I'm just so homesick. I think I really want to move back to Liverpool. And my friend Oliver, Ollie Green, fantastic producer, he said, okay, let's write about that. Um, And we put a spin on it, so the the first lyric was like, you know, it says, you stole my heart in the cavern, and it sounds like I'm talking about a person, so the whole song is about trying to miss a person, but then we spin it and say, actually, I miss you, Liverpool. Anyway, loved it, didn't think, I was thought, it's quite niche, (laughs) I don't think it's gonna go down too well, apart from people in Liverpool liking it, and then, yeah, it was just sat on my iTunes, then the producer, the director of the documentary got it past him and he was like, I want this to open the film of the whole Liverpool documentary about us winning the league, which I'd never seen us win the league before. And just the stars aligned, I don't know. I think that's one of my proudest things. You know, it didn't go number one in the charts or nothing, but for me as a football fan, me writing the title, opening scene of a documentary which I think every Liverpool fan will have watched it's just incredible <laughs> honestly like I, I'm speechless when i when I seen it and I sent it to my granddad as well he's like the biggest Liverpool fan and he, he was crying and it was just like you know what I don't care if I don't make a penny that is something that money can't buy for me just honestly made up with that so yeah I hope everyone enjoys it oh
0: brilliant for anyone who hasn't heard it is a little snippet
1: got some history don't we no one knows me like you know me hardest thing i ever did was go and we both knew that this would happen when you stole my heart in the cavern we shared things that nobody knows
0: what a great song what a beautiful <laughs> tune
1: Nice one, Chris. Oh, it's crazy. I honestly did not think anyone would hear that. So now it's out in the world. It's just, it's nice. You know, I got got a message the other day from a guy who's in uni. He said, I've just come across your song and I've just sat here and played it like 15 times and it's just brought back all the feels about my hometown. And that's all I want, you know, just people to connect to it. So yeah, as long as it's reaching people, I'm happy.
0: If you had to explain to someone who's not, seen you or heard you before how much liverpool means to you can you do that
1: i mean they only have to walk in this room this is a studio i've just built in my house and i have half of my wall is just all liverpool half of my wall is all music over there i mean i mean that's my coaster (laughs) as well at the minute for (laughs) everyone who can't see this it's like i've just picked up my Jurgen Klopp coaster yeah i mean if you look down there these are my weights that I work out with. (laughs) The Liverpool weights and the red. Honestly, it's just, (laughs) I don't know. I just, I love it so much. And I think, I just don't forget that the kid in me, you know, he was just Liverpool mad. Like it was all I wanted to do. It was the only thing that, that made me feel like anything, you know, scoring a goal, wearing the Liverpool kit when I signed for Liverpool was my proudest moment. And it's definitely all the stuff I do in music. Yeah, I've been Grammy nominated and I've I've had a few top tens here and there and number ones and being a part of, you know, the Dua Lipa album this year that just won album of the year and it's all great, but I still do think the footballer in me and where I'm from, it's, it's just kept me grounded and it keeps me hungry and it, it's where my passion comes from and, every, and it's just, yeah, it's just in my blood I don't know. I just love Liverpool so much.
0: Yeah, oh, it's brilliant. Right, track two is the Beatles' Here Comes the Sun. Right, it's no surprise to me when I saw the Beatles as your next track, but the song choice did, because the Beatles catalogue is so vast. The song was written by George Harrison in 1969 when he was at Eric Clapton's house, uh, and it brought him out of the shadows of Lennon and McCartney. So, why did you choose Here Comes the Sun?
1: You know what? Because there's just, like you said, there's so many. There's so, so many. I could have chose any of them, really, to be honest. Um, imagine all these. But every time I put that song on, it just makes me feel like I'm back home. I don't know. Just when I hear... Duh, 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 the melody and everything, it's just like, oh, I'm home. You know, I've been i've been all around the world like i remember playing it in la on a rooftop just blasting it out and i felt like i was like touching distance from liverpool still i don't know there's something about that song that's very nostalgic to me it makes me feel good on my darkest day put that on and i'm right back home and all my problems vanish so yeah that's why i chose this
0: Oh, great song. What does the connection between Liverpool and the Beatles mean to you?
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say, what's the connection? I was going to say, do I have to answer that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sick, but I'm not that thick.
1: <laughs> no, it's listen, it's one of them, like I said. You talk about Liverpool, the next thing is you talk about the Beatles. And for me, you know, I'm football, I'm music. And and like I said, anywhere I go around the world, on my travels, people say, you're from Liverpool? Oh, you know, do you support Liverpool? And have you, you know, have you ever met a Beatle or have you been to the Beatles Museum? They just go hand in hand. And for me, that's the city. It's split down the middle, music and football. And that's the culture of the city. And yeah,
0: that's it. Mm. Music is important to you. What do you put on the ghetto blaster to get you pumped up before a game?
1: You know what? I'm not in charge of the playlist because <laughs> I, I love all kinds of different music. Uh, we, we had this conversation yesterday, actually, before our game. So our captain, Nicola, she... Is the one who chooses the songs. You can have a request now and again, you can throw one in. But um, some of the older players want to throw Rod Stewart on or something and I want a bit of Drake, something to pop me up, um bit a little bit of rap or something like that. But if it was my playlist, listen, I'd have country music on there, <laughs> I'd have a bit of rap, I'd have a bit of pop, but um at the minute I don't get a say. So yeah, it's um it's dancing a call.
0: Well you mentioned the wonderful Dua Leaper a couple of times. Uh, your third track is One Kiss. Why?
1: Well, I didn't write this before anyone thinks of did. Um, I didn't write this song, but I know Calvin well, Calvin Harris, and I know Dua well. And, you know, when we did win 2000, was it? I know it wasn't. It was Kiev, I think, when it became just like a massive chant, like the Liverpool fans had turned One Kiss into like the song of the tournament champions league and um, took it on obviously back to the premier league and the next time i seen do her, she was just like what's going on in Liverpool, like, why are they all singing that song, and I was like, I don't know, you can ask them if you want, but she was just reposting so many videos, Um, and we have the same management company, and her manager's a Liverpool fan as well, massive Liverpool fan, so he was just buzzing, and, um, yeah, it was just weird, because obviously, I was working with Do It a lot, and then next minute, all the Liverpool fans ended up turning that into, like, the anthem of of the year for, for the fans, so, It's got to be in there.
0: Well, it's a great song. The song was released during the summer of the 2018 World Cup. Liverpool finished fourth that season and Salah scored 44 goals. Wow. What a guy. What a guy. So, for those who don't know this song, if there's anybody on the earth who doesn't know this song... Let's play Dua Lipa's One Kiss. One kiss
1: is all it takes falling in love with me possibilities i look like all you need. One kiss is all it takes falling in love with me possibilities i look like all
0: you need. Is there a song you put on to drown your sorrows when your team loses?
1: Ooh, what do I do with my team losers? To be fair, I just get on FIFA and play the same team and make sure I win. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't put any music on, you know. And a lot of people are surprised by that because they're like, What do you listen to? Because I make music so much, sometimes I just want a bit of peace and quiet. So I'll just whack a playlist on whatever I'm feeling. But if you want the truth, that's what that's what I do sometimes if I'm really fuming. Get on FIFA get the team up and then do my own job.
0: <laughs> Your songs are pretty similar, I have to say. Are you sort of like in competition or do you look at her work and admire it and think I would like to be like-
1: Me and do her? Yeah. No, no, I write a lot with her. So for the for her first album, I wrote like four of, of those songs. We, we write together a lot. And like I said on this last one, future nostalgia, we wrote one I think on that love again. It's called, which she actually opened the Brits with performing. So I've known Doer for so many years when she had like two hundred followers and no one knew who she was, you know. So to see her to go on to to do what she's what she's done is just incredible. Obviously, the way I write, it's always going to be if you listen to a song, wrote for maybe Kylie or for someone else, you know, whoever it is that's my writing so it's gonna be similar spread out in other in other places you know but now I just I just write and find melody from whatever I'm feeling that day to be honest so if you can hear a bit in it that's
0: good. (laughs) Do you not think well uh, I should have sang that myself?
1: No not really I'm not like that at all I'm so grateful for what I've got and what I've achieved and you know, I get to do all these amazing other things like still play football and still have a nice life and still do TV and still experience new things. I think, I don't know, I'm just so grateful. I've done more than I ever imagined. So, you know, like I said, to be Grammy nominated, to have awards on the wall and stuff like that, that doesn't really mean that much to me. What, what matters to me is that I wake up every day and every day is different for me and I don't really have to complain about anything. So I'm very
0: happy. Right, track four, you wrote for Kylie Minogue. What a superstar. It's called A Million Miles, and it's such a wonderful song. I've got to listen to it before we chat about it. Let's pop it on. Because I feel like I'm a million. It's a great song. So tell us the process, right? For anybody who wants to get into music, how do you get in contact with a superstar like Kylie to say, I've got a song I want you to sing?
1: That was honestly, I don't even know how it happened to be fair. It was, it was a weird time in my life that time. I I just got dropped by my first record label and it's kind of, I, I say music and football are so similar, so I got signed first by, imagine a football manager, right, he wants like a slick little number 10 or whatever like that, boom, get him over oh, here, and then, you know, he gets the sack after six months, and then a new guy come in, same what happened to my record label, a new guy come in, and he wanted to change the record label, and maybe, you know, he doesn't want the the quick number 10 now he wants a big hold up number nine which I wasn't that but I got let go there and then my publisher was like all right think of it as like you're going on loan now you're gonna go and write some songs for some people get a bit of credibility you know smash it in another league and then you'll come back and you'll smash it in I was like yeah, that makes sense. So he talks to me metaphorically in football terms a lot at the time. Think of it like my first game out away on loan. Yet I went to Copenhagen to work with producers called Cufffather, who would work with Kylie before they were working on the album. And, you know, to be fair to them, they didn't know if I was any good at all. But they took a chance on me and I wrote that song in about 10 minutes. They played the track and they said, listen, we've got this track. Kylie loves it. See if you can, you know make melody throw throw a top line on it we call it and yeah the first thing that come out was I feel like I'm a million miles away because it was my first trip away I remember sitting on the plane being like oh my god like I'm a real songwriter like someone's paying for me to fly over to them and write a song like it was just amazing and yeah I, I wrote the song anyway sang it demoed it and then the next day, they sent it back and they were like, she's recorded it. And I could hear all my back and vocals still in, what she kept. And then I was just like, oh my God, she's had me in it, earphones, like following what I do. And so it was just, it was the first time I'd ever heard a superstar, like Carly Minogue, like household name, sing me song. And then, yeah, it come out, the album went to number one. It was just like, wow, this is, this is crazy. And then I went and signed back to the label that dropped me because the guy who dropped me got sacked. Someone else come in and he signed me for double the money. So it was kind of like a Paul Pogba story.
0: Brilliant. What's she like, Kylie?
1: Uh, you know what? I actually didn't meet Kylie. I wasn't around. I was writing for someone else the day she recorded it. But everyone said she was super lovely. I think there was a part of the track at the end where I was talking and she couldn't really understand what I was saying. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know legendary legend hopefully i get to meet her one day though um or write more songs for her yeah
0: all right my favorite kylie song is i can't get you out of my head na, classic na, 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 great song brilliant song An absolutely brilliant song right back to football would you ever like to see steven Gerard as Liverpool manager?
1: Yeah, I would, I would. I can't even do the whole, oh, I don't want him to ruin what he's done for the club, but I don't think he ever could. I think I'd, I would love to see him there. Obviously, I don't want to get rid of Klopp yet. Everyone keeps saying, like, how long is he staying for? But what what do you think, Chris, actually? I'd be happy to hear your opinion on it. Do you think Stephen would be good there?
0: Well, if you look back to Graham Souness, right? You mentioned... It, was it your uncle was a massive fan of his? Yeah. He ruined the reputation that he had at Liverpool by coming back as the manager, you know, and I did it to a certain extent at Stoke City. I, you know, was player of the air there. Uh, the fans loved us, went back as a manager, it didn't work out, and all of a sudden, all that, goodwill they had for you as a player disappears.
1: Does it, yeah? Yeah,
0: and Souness is typical of one of those, because was one of my heroes as a kid. He played for Borough, who was my ambition to play for. But I thought he was the best UK-based midfield player I'd ever seen.
1: I don't know, I just think for me, basically, even if Like we missed out on Champions League with Steven Gerrard first season or whatever. I just, I don't think that could ruin what he done for us. He he single-handedly had us for years just on his own. And I think sometimes it doesn't work out, does it, as a manager? Like you can't, I get it, it's the manager, but sometimes it's it's 70% the players, you know what I mean? The manager it's like taking a horse to water to drink. Like sometimes the players need to get it if they're not playing well. It's one of them. And I think what he's done at Rangers as well, it speaks volumes, like, he can do well. For me personally, I'd love to see him back here because just to have him back around Liverpool would be good. But if it all goes wrong,
0: (laughs) don't blame me. (laughs) So on to track five. Well, it's obvious to every single Liverpool fan uh, who's waiting for your last song, they know what it's going to be. Just for everybody else, it's Jerry and the Pacemakers. You'll never walk alone. What a song. goosebumps
1: just it's so funny like listening to it there i can't hear that now without hearing you know thousands of people singing it it's weird like i almost heard them all in me as like being in the in the ground so strange um i do that a lot with like music anyway like i listen to the back and vocals a lot more than the lead line and just then i was waiting for everyone to just start singing it yeah you can't talk about live pill without Saying you'll never walk alone, can ya? What a perfect song. Beautiful, beautiful song. And yeah, just embodies the club.
0: Do you remember the first time you sang it in the ground?
1: Yeah, and it's so strange, you know, because how funny that like not everyone can sing or hold a note, but when everyone comes together, it sounds beautiful. <laughs> like it was so fascinating for me. My uncle can't sing who I used to go to the game with. You know, I've took my granddad to the games. I, I get some freebies every now and again. And um, I took my granddad for his birthday and he can't sing at all. But just everyone just singing that song, it sounds amazing. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's no words for that song or the experience. I think I tell everyone, you know, if you've never been to Anfield and you've never heard everyone in the stadium sing, you'll never walk alone. You haven't really experienced football properly. It's just magical.
0: Is there a few stats around that song? It was 1963 when it came out with Jerry and the Pacemakers and they were managed by Brian Epstein, the uh, Beatles' manager. Jerry and the Pacemakers also sang Ferry Cross the Mersey, which is another iconic Liverpool song. Do you like that one?
1: Yeah. Not as much as this one, but I like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that song came out in 1945. Incredible. It was written by Rogers and Hammerstein, and they used it in the musical Carousel. Classics.
1: Classics.
0: Do you think all Liverpool fans will know that?
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't born right then. So, um, so yeah, I don't remember it. But, yeah, listen, it's it's one of them. It's the city, isn't it? had the Beatles is the rivals as well next to them. So it's just one of them. I don't know about you, Chris, but I just get goosebumps every time that comes on, especially Champions League nights or something.
0: The Champions League nights, it seems to go upper tempo.
1: Yeah, literally, it's just... That's what I mean. Uh, there's just no words. I'm trying to put myself, close my eyes and put myself back in the ground when, you know, it's crispy. You know, 7.30, waiting for 7.45, kick off. You're just there getting you warm and then the song comes on. You instantly just get warm and you're just like, here we go. It's just incredible.
0: Uh, I was fortunate enough to meet Jerry of Jerry and the Pacemakers and I have to say, what a great fella. And he wasn't just a one-song wonder. He was a Liverpool icon.
1: Yeah, of course. I think you can't write a song like that as well by just being one-song, one-trick pony. It's an an incredible, incredible song. But at the same time, he must be so proud, you know, to have that every single Liverpool game, every single match, your song being sung. I mean, that's literally, like, bigger than a dream for me. You know, I'm happy with opening titles <laughs> of a of a documentary and yeah, imagine that every game. Yeah.
0: Wow. They sang it the year that Liverpool won their first title under Bill Shankly. So that started the, you know, dominance of Liverpool.
1: Yeah. Legends. I mean the first the way I got into football was actually through Ian Rush. Um I went to a soccer school one summer, I think my mum just wanted to get rid of me for a few hours, to be honest, but it happened to be an Ian Rush soccer school and I didn't even know who he was. I was only nine, but everyone kept getting pictures with him. I just thought it was because he had, like, a cool moustache or something. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, I ended up being the only girl there and I was, like, better than most of the lads and then I got scouted there for Liverpool and then I turned up the next week for my trial and signed. So, it was down to oh, Ian Rush, really.
0: Brilliant. Great stuff. Rush is a top guy so one last question apart from Jürgen who is your all time favourite Liverpool manager
1: I mean it's got to be Shankly my granddad just talks about him 24-7 um, but you know for me growing up you know I've seen Gerard Houllier again Rafa Benitez he'll always have a massive a massive place in my heart because I just remember 2005 and that for me was just I still think about that game in my daily life now. You know, it was many years ago. But still that feeling of being 3-0 down and not giving up, I take that with me everywhere. Even if I wake up and I have a bad day and, I don't know, a tile off my roof will fall down or something. I'm just like, you know what, it's the beginning of the day. Don't worry, we can still come back. We can still score three goals. There's something that mentally went in my head watching that game is like, a twelve year old or whatever, and just seeing and believing in magic. Like that was just magical that night. So many great players, so many great managers. I think I'm just I'm just very lucky and grateful that I get to support the best club in the world.
0: Well, you might be lucky, but you're also very, very talented. Chelsea Grimes, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks so much, Chris. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to Kami's Supporters Club. Make sure you subscribe to Kami's Supporters Club on your podcast provider of choice and you'll never miss out on any of the action. And if you've enjoyed listening, give us a review and a rating. I'll be chatting to another guest very soon as they soundtrack their relationship with the beautiful game. See you then.